Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. I am Jeremy Scott, and it's so good to be with you here again on this Saturday night. My oh my, have things changed from a week ago. I was just starting to uh, get my head wrapped around what was happening with the Colonial Pipeline situation, which sent a ripple effect across the United States, not just on the East Coast where it serves a vast majority of the fuel, but literally in anywhere across the country that relies on the products in which are needed to uh, make that happen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the program. You know, first it was a pandemic that caused people to hoard toilet paper and other items. Of course, that was happening about a year ago, right? We all remember that, the start of the COVID pandemic. And everybody started hoarding toilet paper and other items. I guess we each have a different definition of what essential items are. Some, uh, I guess, would include maybe cup of noodles as an essential item or mac and cheese or whatever the case happens to be, a bottle of wine. Whatever your essential item was, you were swooping it up over a year ago. And a lot of that was because of the uncertainty and not knowing what was ahead. Well, then a major fuel pipeline was attacked by a group of hackers that may have operated within Russia. May not have been an act uh, that was coordinated with the Russian government, but only time will tell. But this uh, group attacked the Colonial Pipeline computer system through a ransomware attack. And uh, convenient to its name, ransomware, we attack you and then you pay us money and uh, you can get your life back. But that doesn't, of course, stop us from doing it again. And maybe next time it'll be, you know, ten times as much. Or we'll do ten times as much damage. So the company paid the, the ransom. Colonial Pipeline did. And the, the fuel uh, got flowing, as we know, within about five days. 
after being taken offline. One of the big customers that that uh, fuel pipeline serves is major airports. And it got me wondering uh, about a scenario, something like this. A situation in which uh, no air traffic can happen because the wells have run dry, because the pipeline is shut down. They can't get the fuel to the airports for the planes to fill up, fuel up. And then you have trucks that can't transport the food from the farm to the store and then to your table. And what happens when the hackers get into water treatment plants, which they have done before? And then literally we're being starved or poisoned from within. But you see, there's a solution. There's a solution, friends. See, if you create the problem and then you create the solution and people don't know that you actually created the problem, you you can look like a hero. That's what somebody like Bill Gates is trying to do. Bill Gates has done that with the vaccine. Bill Gates has done that with the virus. Bill Gates has done that with uh, impoverished countries. He certainly has done a lot of good, but now he's the expert on everything. It so appears, not just... Um, medicine, but uh, now also the environment. Apparently, he's the climate change go-to guy now. We listen to Bill Gates. I'm not joking, because this synthetic farming, we have already seen the market for it. There is a market for it, because people are obviously buying these products. They either really enjoy it because they think it tastes good, or they sacrifice flavor and comfort because they think that they're doing the environment good. And they think that they're, you know, saving mankind. Well, in Oregon, there's a bill that's making the rounds. Uh, don't even think about slaughtering a healthy animal with healthy meat here in Oregon if this thing goes through. Because the powers that be want us here in my state to wait until the animal's basically diseased and dying before it can be killed. Which basically, we're talking about spoiled meat. Mmm, tasty, right? It just takes the uh, intrigued out of a um, a juicy steak or a uh, breakfast sausage or uh, you know a hunk of bacon or whatever it is. Just it just takes the appetite right out of our stomachs thinking about something like that, right? Well, that essentially you know puts farmers out of business because basically you say you know you've got to raise this animal a whole lot longer. You can't just raise it until it's healthy. And then, and then slaughter it and, and, and feed it you know, to Americans who like meat. No, you can't do that. You've got to, that animal has to live a, a healthy, full life. And only when it has reached the late stages of its life may you then put it to pasture. So you put farmers out of business because they can't sustain basically caring for these animals until they're dead or almost dead or they catch some disease. But if that's part of the plan, a mission accomplished. You see, the mainstream agenda is that flatulence and emissions from farming as we know it are just too toxic for the environment. So we've got to do something about it. As I said, enter Bill Gates. Our virus, our vaccine, and now our environmental hero. In January, Bill Gates became the largest owner of farmland in America. 
at over 242,000 acres. That's 2% of the total land in the U.S. Think about that. One man owns 2% of the land in this country. And I, I highly doubt that his acquisitions are over. Although now that he's dealing with a divorce, maybe his revenue stream is going to be cut in half or significantly impacted. He might have to, you know, tone it down a little bit. But he's got all this farmland. So what's he going to do with it? Is he going to farm it the same way that it's been farmed for the past hundreds of years? Well, no, because we've been told that that is evil. And the, those of us who like our steer, steaks rare or well done or whatever it is, and, and those, the, those of us that like to consume meat, I mean, God gave us teeth, right? For whatever, what other reason would we need them, need them except for to eat into meat? Think about that one. Get back to me, okay? expect to hear from you a few of you on that one, actually. But through seeding, Bill Gates wants to, he's even got a, a, a video out there. It's so boring and dull and dry, I am not going to subject you to it. It's like a minute and a half. It's called The Future of Farming. It's the one with Bill Gates. So if you really have 90 seconds of your lives that you don't care about giving up, watch it. But he talks about the new way of farming and through seeding and through GMO seeding. And, of course, the lab-grown meat that's already been introduced into people's lifestyles at places like Burger King and Starbucks. And let's not forget about the supplier. Because many of these suppliers of produce, of meat, of whatever, they haven't had that many customers, if any, to deliver to during COVID times because the restaurants have been out of business. So eventually the suppliers go out of business, and you need new suppliers. And, well, a new supply line forms, and this supply line is made of synthetic and GMO, what they want to brand as food. I'll just be honest to you, friends. We're being groomed. (laughs) In fact, we're being led to pasture. And I've realized in this past year and a half how many of us are sheep out there. I find more every day people acting like sheep. And to eat what we're being served by what we're being uh, offered, which means they limit the choices and here's what we have. What do you want, option A or option B? I'm sorry, option C, which you've known your whole life is no longer an option. You will eat like a peasant and you will like it. I want to get to some quick numbers before we bring on Deborah Tavares. There's been some estimates that that are saying that before too long, average households will be spending upwards of 40% of their income on food. Right now, the average is somewhere in the neighborhood of of, of 10. Corn prices have gone up 142% in a year. Pork chops, chicken breasts are up 10% since last March. Eggs and cheddar cheese are both up 6%. Uh, And the list goes on. Other items that you may not even think of that are going through shortages. Uh, Here's some of those foods that you just may not be finding or finding as much. Or if you do, costing a lot more. Yeast and flour, meat, canned corn, 
Uh, those of you who like the uh, Tostitos scoop chips, people have been complaining online. Those are made by Frito-Lay that they can't find those. Non-traditional Oreo flavors. I think I came across one of those. We bought some ice cream things last night, and they were like, they're totally fake Oreos. Totally. I'm convinced it's not Oreos. And I, we just bought them last night, and I actually turned to my wife, and I said, this is disgusting. Uh, canned soup. People are saying that there's less of that. I don't know if it's because people are just buying it all up, they're hoarding it, or if there's actually a shortage at the supply level. Caffeine-free Coke. You can find the regular Coke, but the caffeine-free Coke, for whatever reason. Pickles. People say uh, that they can't find their grape nuts. That's that healthy cereal that people buy. Can't wait, They can't find grape nuts, or at least as much. Uh, I heard that somebody paid $110 a box for, for that. This is type of r- real stuff here. If, if you want it, you'll pay for it, right? Uh, and, I mean, the list really goes on and on. We were hearing about chicken shortages. Uh, we were hearing about ketchup packets last month or so. Uh, now the Chick-fil-A sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce is uh, in short supply. April figures from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics say a 0.6% increase in March's grocery bills, the largest one-month increase in nearly a decade. Over the past year, prices have increased by 2.6% overall. Gas skyrocketing by 9.1% in March. Since February, prices of fruits and vegetables have risen by nearly 2%. And the index for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs have risen by four-tenths of a percent, according to government figures. And it might not sound like a lot, friends, but when you add it up and you add crisis upon crisis, it it begins to really be extreme. And you see the corn and the ethanol thing. Corn is uh, made into ethanol. It's also a key ingredient in many other things. And therefore, if we have gas shortages such like happened with the Colonial Pipeline hack and maybe future hacks if this was only a test or a sign of things to come, major increase in prices uh, due to the corn price increase. See where I'm going? That affects many other supply chains who then rely on those modes of transportation to get their products to you. Things like lumber and chlorine and cat food are some of the items that I've been seeing lately that are affected. And on a side note, I've begun to wonder if this is how they force the vaccines on those who are not willing participants. And in doing so, they make everybody else suffer, yes, But to those who refuse to get the vaccine, do they cut you off and then say you either get it or you're not getting what you want? And how many more people will cave in at that point? Do you have the ability to plant and and live off your land? Not a lot of people do. That takes a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. A lot of people are just trying to make ends meet as it is. So we might be uh, left with the only other option, which is to to buy what is available to us. Without further delay, I want to bring on Deborah Tavares of StopTheCrime.net and PrimaryWater.org. She tirelessly researches documents and is known for her direct activism and speaking out about the realities that our world faces. She has countless videos online that are being censored more and more each day, so... Every time we have her on the program, I consider it a real honor that we are the facilitator of the pipeline, in this case, pun intended, 
to get this information out. Deborah and her husband, Lou, are third-generation builders, land developers, and they've been self-employed in family-operated business for over 30 years. Much of her work involves in-depth research and extensive study on, uh, of documents to prove what she speaks about. When I ever need somebody to uh, pick her ear about what's going on and see if I'm out in left field or if I'm kind of in the ballpark uh, is Deborah Tavares. Deborah, what an era we are living in. Well, Jeremy, absolutely, and I'm going to roll out quite a bit. I want to make a few comments on your opening uh, discussion. First of all, we have to ask ourselves, did the pipeline really get attacked, or was this an inside job to force the sustainable development requirements of transitioning out of gasoline into electric vehicles, because that is a requirement uh, across all Cities, counties, and states, not only in the United States, but worldwide. So you can only imagine the type of inside jobs based on a government that is a corporate structure and run by corporate controllers. Now, I'm going to make a few other comments, um, very, very important, about shortages and toxins and poisons. And then I'm going to make some recommendations on some material that I would suggest people read. First of all, um, certainly you mentioned about the toilet paper hoarding. Uh, Everybody needs to do their research on toilet paper as I have. You will find that they have over 100,000 toxins. It promotes cancer, yeast, uh, erectile dysfunction, um, breast cancers for women. 100,000 toxins to kill you as you wipe. And then you consider the fact that they're building wastewater treatment plants so you can re-drink toilet to tap that is marinated in toxic toilet paper. So I would wish everybody would look this up for themselves and understand how dangerous everything is that's being presented to us. So I know that as a result of the pipeline disruption, I have friends uh, in that area that were not able to get gas and there has been a massive increase in the acquisition of electric vehicles. But everyone needs to understand the power grid is designed to fail. The smart metered power grid that is run by Rothschild and the controllers of this planet is built to fail. I've reported on this tirelessly that the end of the power grid is coming. We will not have electricity. All It's most important for everyone that's listening right now, because this information, as scary as it is, uh, truth is not scary, and truth is not fear-mongering. It's the truth. So what you do with this information will allow you to harden up, number one, so you'll be less able to be killed and harden up and understand the truth so you can make decisions. We are on our own. You cannot rely on your representatives locally, state, nationally, or worldwide. They have agendas called genocide agendas, and I have been talking about that for years. So we're on our own. All of you that are listening, you're going to have to do all you can with what resources you have and limited budgets you have to harden up as best you can. Now, um, you talked about the water treatment um, 
attack. We were attacked here in Northern California. Now, for everybody, I want to just say this. Um, I run the website StopTheCrime.net, and as Jeremy said, we've been massively uh, censored starting the beginning of February of 2021. And um, you can go to StopTheCrime.net. We, we still maintain a small presence on YouTube. But we have uh, some of our most recent interviews on our back channel, our Odyssey channel, right underneath the ability to touch upon the um, YouTube channel. I have been um, talking to super soldiers. That uh, uh, And also I've been interviewing people that are describing what it's like to have prion disease. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because sadly... Uh, the United States has been infiltrated with prion, not only through the aerosolization of the overhead dust dumps called chemtrails, but also the intentional bioweapon release. And on my back channel, I have a TV documentary out of England about what happened in England with the mad cow disease. And I have an interview by a man that is dying as we speak right now with prion disease. He will walk you through what he was not told because like chemtrails, it's an unacknowledged health uh, occurrence. In other words, he's, he's just dying without any health support because what is happening to the animals, the cows, the bears, we have bears now, uh, they're saying that they're contracting a wasting disease. It's called many things, mad cow and wasting. The bears, for example, the black bears here in the Tahoe area and in Northern California are exhibiting um, irrational behavior. A bear that should weigh, a young bear that should weigh about 80 pounds, weighs 21 pounds. They're coming into campsites unafraid. And they're, um, they're kind of tilted off to one side with a dropped side of their body. Uh, rabbits are highly poisoned now. They're bleeding out of their noses and other orifices um, because there was an intentional bioweapon used to decrease the rabbit supply in Australia that was then uh, carried as a vector by flies, etc., to the mainlands. So not only do we have the deer that have wasting disease, the elk that have wasting disease, the bear, we have to test any and everything that we eat in the wild. Now, do we need to concern ourselves with farm-raised cattle and sheep? Well, you're going to hear more on the other side of this break. Thank you, Deborah, and we'll continue with her of StopTheCrime.net and PrimaryWater.org. I'm Jeremy Scott with a vital show tonight. Farm to Table is synthetic war on food. Back after this. Pair Abnormal News. I'm Brad Bernards. The Department of Defense Office of the Inspector General has announced the launch of a formal evaluation into the Pentagon's actions regarding unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP. According to a memorandum provided to the debrief and then released by the Inspector General, the objective of this evaluation is to determine the extent to which the DOD has taken actions regarding unidentified aerial phenomena. Just what we need, a pending nuclear disaster. Nuclear reactors at Chernobyl are turning again. 
Here's correspondent Daniel Brewer. 35 years ago, the Vladimir Ilyich Lenin power plant, better known as Chernobyl, exploded, immediately irradiating the city of Pripyat, Ukraine. There has been an accident at the Chernobyl atomic power station. One of the atomic reactors was damaged. According to my Russian friend Dmitry, people in Russia are still very concerned. Chernobyl explosion made a very strong impact on people's lives in the USSR state. Uh, people became really frightened because it was the poison which you can't actually see or feel. When Unit 4's reactor melted down, it turned into a sort of radioactive lava flow, which tracked down into Reactor 4's basement area and hardened into formation, now known today as the Elephant's Foot. In November of 2016, a new safe confinement was placed over the existing shelter. Over several years, however, the ISP and PP suggest the drying of the buried fuels are now creating nuclear fission reactions, bringing fear of another deadly incident. After losing his uncle to the Chernobyl disaster, Dmitry's final words should ring around the nuclear community. I think that Chernobyl still sits in the minds of every Russian and Ukrainian as a fact of a major failure. Maybe also a fact that you can twist the nature endlessly, that someday it will take back. This is Daniel Brewer for Paranormal News. There's more news at ParabnormalRadio.com. This is Brad Bernards with Parabnormal News. A fuel shortage is getting worse across the southeast. You will not feel the effects uh, at the pump immediately. This is not like flicking on a light switch. I really thought that after the toilet paper fiasco from last year, we would have learned our lesson. Not only is corn used to make ethanol and reduce greenhouse gases, but there's so many things that corn can go into. USDA is projecting that U.S. processors crush a record amount of soybeans this year and are also projecting record total usage. Delicious fries. I want you to look at this and think about if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Essentially prevent people from raising animals to slaughter them. Bill Gates has been snatching up 242,000 acres of farmland across the U.S., enough to make him the top private farmland owner in America. Is there intelligent life out there? Well, they'd probably be listening to this show. You're in good company. Into the Parabnormal. You are that intelligent life if you are becoming woke. That seems to be the new word. Are you becoming woke to the reality around you? Whether you like it, I mean, maybe you're okay with it. And if that's the case, turn off the show. No, just kidding. We've got a lot more to come with Deborah Tavares. Some uh, vital eye-opening information tonight. It really does irritate me when I hear politicians like Mr. de Blasio saying stuff like, Oh, doesn't this taste good? Oh, don't you want this? If you get the vaccine, you can have fries with your burger. And it'll be a real meat burger. You know, none of that synthetic stuff that we're trying to cram down your throat. Demer, you were talking about animals wasting away and also about concern for, uh, you know, breeds uh, on, on farms as well. So go ahead. 
Well, absolutely. Um, I have done some uh, many shows recently about the wasting disease that has been intentionally uh, furthered throughout the world. And uh, again, um, I won't say too much other than to say we have videos up on StopTheCrime.net on our Odessi back channel with super soldiers discussing this too. And I think it's really important also to add, because I just heard about the radiation um, discussion on the ad right now, and we need to understand that radiation is being vented by our government uh, from our nuclear plants here within our country on the weekends, because we have a country that is a corporation and mandated genocide policies. Now, I've done some shows on this. Um, I've certainly gotten quite a bit of information from a man that runs a radiation website, and he has been discussing gamma radiations and taking measurements of the gamma radiation in this country for many, many years. And uh, we, were, we learned that at the end of about a year ago, there were three states in the country here that had large plumes of radiation hanging over them for weeks that was not reported by this illegitimate corporate government. And these people in those states were being radiated. Now, I, I um, can only say that the assaults against us are, are just beyond imagination. And they talk about um, how there are so many radiation isotopes and again, the radiation attack continued until January of 2001, or about a total of eight months. The U.S. was radiated by radioactive isotopes for months during the fourth year of the former U.S. presidency. Presumably, the rat attack would have continued. Uh, but what they're saying is that um, it, it stopped, the rat attack stopped, but not after a number of states were um, just inundated with radiation. But moving on, because at the beginning of the show, you were talking about the Oregon Initiative to ban animals and slaughter and breeding. And I wanted Yeah, it's to called just, Initiative Petition 13. That's the official title, IP13. Right. I want to go over that a little bit in depth, and I want everyone to understand so much of what is occurring obviously makes no sense, because it makes no sense. And it is a distraction for something bigger that is looming underneath. Think of looking at a, a, a glassy lake surface and understanding what we're going to be talking about at the top of the hour is what's happening under the assumption of a calm surface. Because many things that we're facing right now are complete distractions. You will listen to some of the interviews I've done about the vaccinations and how that, and many people are going to wonder what this is when I say this, but I'll leave it to you to go listen to the interviews. It's black magic. It is, it is uh, um, requiring your consent to things that have already happened biologically in our bodies. Already, every single one of you that are listening, and those that aren't, and your animals, anything that is porous has Morgellons in it. Morgellons yeah, is... Are yes. you saying it with the black magic that people are being through black magic uh, led to get the vaccine? No, I am saying that, um, well, yes, in part, but also um, it's a cover for what's already occurred. We know 
that it's going to manipulate our DNA. We're discovering that every day. We're hearing how now we can put magnets on the vaccine uh, injection points, and we're seeing that uh, there's frequency to attract the magnets. We're being set up as walking antennas. We're being harvested in every way. But it's worse than that in the sense that all of what we understand is happening from the vaccines and the fact that many people that are vaccinated uh, have prion disease now and they're walking bioweapons, we know all of that. But this was already done before the vaccinations. This is just consensual, just consensual. And when you listen to the interviews that I have done with these super soldiers, Jeremy, it, it is unbelievable because what we don't hear is what is really happening, for example, with the Elon Musk Neuralink. It's already happened. It's happening. You, and, and when I talk to people that are being remotely set up and transitioned into a cyborg, it puts a whole new reality into what we're hearing as a future possibility or something that we're being told is right around the corner. It's already happening. But I want to get back into this Oregon bill, and I want to talk about uh, the psyops and the, and the multiple assaults that don't make sense. They don't make sense, but it is distracting us from the, the larger problem, and we're going to get into that at the top of the hour when I get into the discussion of water, because everyone listening, uh, you will not survive without water. And that is the plan. That is the plan. So in that Oregon bill, uh, they talk about how livestock would have to die, as you said, of natural causes before it could be used as food production. And they're saying that um, uh, food animals in the state uh, are being classified uh, as um, endangered species and that there will no longer be allowed uh, abusive techniques and they're redefining artificial insemination and castration as sexual assault. And they talk about how the proposal specifically targets livestock transportation, poultry production, and commonly accepted slaughter methods, as well as fishing, hunting, trapping, wildlife management, and other animal activities. What we're seeing happening is the elimination of foraging off-grid if you think you're going to provide life off-grid. Because unlike what, what's happening with the Paris Peace Accord is the requirements to reduce um, our carbon footprint or our greenhouse gas emissions. And they tell us in that Paris Peace Accord that we've agreed to and signed on to that in order to reduce efficiently to prevent the weather from changing, which is all, of course, a psyops, we have to exist in a time in the mid-1750s, that 1750s, when we used no machinery. And the problem, people think, well, I could live back in the 1750s. Yeah, I was saying the Stone Ages in the description for the show, and I think you just put it in perspective, Deborah. Well, the problem is... We won't have that luxury. We can only wish we could because all of the poisonous um, uh, aspects of our environment won't allow us to survive. In fact, it was very interesting that I found in one of the documents, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, and I'll just um, 
recall a, a, a small sentence in that. It says, um, basically, a war, and we're at war. We're at war on every level. We've been at war. We've never not been in, in war. But they say war is the balancing act of our system. We're talking about the elite's system. By killing off the true creditors, which is all of us, the public, which have taught, they've taught us to exchange true value for inflated currency. And then they will allow us to fall back on whatever is left of the resources of nature and the regeneration of those resources. They're calling, causing infertility across all, all levels of, of life, infertility. And so we're not going to have a 1750 opportunity to live back in, those, in that time because there won't be the resources. But they go on in that bill that uh, they're talking about passing in Oregon that Oregon's roughly 12,000 beef producers raise about 1.3 million head of cattle in the state, in the state's 36 counties. And they say, in addition, many northern California ranchers truck thousands of head of cattle into Oregon for the summer to pasture. And as the cows have a nine-month gestation cycle, AI for spring calving would happen in the summer. They say given the fact that members who have the right on the border of Oregon and operate in both states, any measures gaining momentum in Oregon similar to Colorado's proposal, so this is sweeping throughout the states. This is not just an Oregon situation. This is how all of these bills happen. They are all on autopilot, and they sift through all the states. And the illusion of representation, which you consider your, your ag departments, your uh, water agencies, your city councils, your boards of supervisors, your governors, they're putting through these proposals because they are part of the um, process to destroy this country. So they said that there, is, there are also concerns of implications for California ranchers whose cattle split their time between Oregon and California during the year, depending on when grass and feed is best available. Now, when we get to the top of the hour in a few minutes, we're going to talk about something else that is really behind the scenes and is flowing underneath everything. And I do mean flowing. But before I get into that, I also want to remind everybody of the weaponization of vectors and insects. Not only do we have weaponized ticks with Lyme disease that was intentionally released into the United States and more, uh, not only do we have the prion, the mad cow disease, that has been released worldwide. And I urge all of you, please go to StopTheCrime.net to our Odyssey back channel and listen to that TV documentary on mad cow disease that was produced out of Britain when they put down hundreds of thousands of head of cattle. Watch what happens to those cattle. Then watch how the prion tra uh, transitions and crosses into different species. Cats get prion disease, also dogs, and now it's spreading through all the wild herds and cattle everywhere and also to us. And when you hear that interview of what it's like to be dying of prion disease, I think you might wake up. You might realize that what is occurring is occurring. I want to just bring back the murder hornet 
because it's right around the corner. They're telling us in July, just around the corner here, a couple months from now, that we're being um, advised to look out for the murder, murder hornet. And they're saying the species has been commonly referred to as, the, as invasive due to the fact that it threatens pollinators and our fragile food supply, getting back to food. And they call it the Asian. Now, it's nothing to do with Asian. All of this stuff are biologically created through the various labs throughout the United States and elsewhere. This is a combination work effort by Project Paperclip and more. We've been taken a long time ago. So they go on to say that the Asian giant hornets are known for their ex ex extensive size, ability to decapitate honeybees, and their incredibly painful sting. These hornets have a toxic venom that can damage human tissue if you're stung. They go on to say that this Asian giant hornet attacks honeybee hives, murdering an entire colony of honeybees in a matter of hours, a technique called slaughter phase, coined by scientists. And once these murder hornets have taken over the hive, they use the honeybee eggs and larvae to feed their young. How the murder hornets ended up outside their native Asian home is still unknown. We know. These are biological weapons being released. Don't fall for this. We don't know what's happened. Yes, they do know. They say theories suggest they arrived either with international container ships, uh, purchased shipments heading to the U.S., or even travelers leaving or entering various countries. So uh, they tell us also that scientists are pushing for citizens to be on the lookout. So all of you be on the lookout for the hornets and report them. They say last year half of the confirmed reports in Washington State and all confirmed reports in British Columbia were from members of the public. Scientists also encouraged setting up traps in July with large orange juice or brown sugar-based um, baits. So there are, we're being besieged by weaponized insects and vectors. We're besieged with prion mad cow wasting disease, and we're having the power grid shut down. We're having all traditional resources removed. And when we talk about an opportunity to grow food, we're going to be moved off the land. So you're going to ask me, well, Deborah, how, how can you say that? What do you know? Well, I'm, I'm a document person. I would not be able to tell you this if I was not convinced by looking at the very documents myself. Because I am so skeptical about things I read unless I validate it. And that's been my history, coming from a building background and being used to working with cities and planning and building departments and with the Department of Real Estate. All the years that I did with my husband taught me to be very thorough in documents. And when I started reading the climate action plans that all of your local perpetrators have brought in on you, and you don't know it, most of you don't know it, where it already says reduce the food supply. They'll co continuously say in all, all documents, terminate fossil fuels. Well, let's give Colonel Fletcher Prouty um, his dues. He was talking about the origin of oil for years. Oil is not 
uh, a finite resource. We're, we never were running out of oil, and oil doesn't come from dead dinosaurs. You've been taught, though, to say fossil fuels. The PSYOPs is clever. It's been long in the making so that Rockefeller could rake in massive profits over the, the ebbs and flows of the oil market. It's a market, and it's based on lies. It's based on resources that are obtained for free underneath the mantle. And we're going to get into water also. But I mentioned to you, I, I, now if you sign up on StopTheCrime.net, you will get a few email blast outs. I'm going to go over one such blast out that I blasted out uh, just a bit ago, uh, a week or so ago. And it's called Modern Day Land Theft Explained. And um, we're talking about how cyber attacks and hacking is going to occur more frequently. We all read, or at least I did, the Rockefeller document 2010, and I read documents even prior to that about how they'll take the grid down and how they'll destroy the water supply by collapsing uh, reservoirs and poisoning reservoirs to be used as toxins because we never needed to distribute our water supply in that fashion, and we'll get into that. But um, we're going to be talking about how the oil industry is forcibly being transitioned, uh, and they're, going, they're talking about how they have stranded assets and orphaned assets, and that they're going to ride the last of profitability as long as possible, and they're not telling any of the investors. But let's talk about modern-day land theft and, and explain that. So under the guise of reducing CO2 emissions and the unacknowledged use of weather weapons, the U.S. will need a lot of land for a zero-carbon economy. And I have maps attached in this blast-out. And this will inform you how our overlords will accomplish the rewilding goals, goals, which is UN Agenda 21 Wildlands Project of land uh, being prohibited from human access and limits of, of human access being denied on the majority of the lands within the United States and elsewhere. And the, the Wildland Project I've discussed many times. There's a map, uh, the Wildlands Project map. You can see that. But mandated by the Biodiversity Treaty, forced transformation and relocation of all people and cities will happen. Let's hold that thought with Deborah Tavares as we'll continue with her into the next hour. Farm to Table, a synthetic war on food. Our program tonight will continue right after this.
fall into the paranormal toll-free in North America at 855-790-8255. That's 855-790-TALK. My guest tonight, Deborah Tavares on Into the Parabnormal, and Deborah was, uh, you know, talking about uh, this map and about the forced transformation and relocation of citizens, that being us or the sheep, <laughs> as it may be in this situation. Deborah, please continue. Yes, I'm going to finish up what all of you can find on the email blast out tab on StopTheCrime.net. But what I want to say uh, is that we're all being taken off of all traditional legacy energy support systems. And if you do not have renewables established on your property that are not connected to the grid, you will be forced to relocate to a community microgrid nearest you. And microgrids are being set up now. And I will have, and I've done many shows on microgrids. I've attended meetings here in Sonoma County about the stealth deployment of microgrids. That's another show, Jeremy. But where they are where renewables will be available and allotments will be based on social credit scores and they will be distributed maybe. Uh, but we have to remember uh, what this map says. The U.S. will need a lot of land for a zero carbon economy. And the maps show large swaths of the United States. What they're saying here on the bottom of this map, there are over 81 million acres being used for energy in the United States, and they will need four times that amount to meet the green energy goals. So you're going to be told that your only way to survive is to live within a grid system. This is from Bloomberg. And I have found these maps also elsewhere. So, again, understand the transformation that is headed your way. I also uh, wanted to say that population engineering and the fight against climate change go hand in hand. Because we know that the threat posed by climate change, they're saying, justifies population engineering or eliminating people. These are people that are psychopaths. These are people that are evil to the core. And there are a couple of books I'm going to recommend all of you read right now in order. One would be The Committee of 300 by Dr. John Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, Committee 300. Read that book. You'll understand the elimination process and who will be, uh, how, will we, how we will be uh, eliminated. And then there's another very interesting um, book. I have it posted on StopTheCrime.net on my resource document pad tab, and you can download it. And, it, and it's, an, it's a, an interesting document. It's called Political Ponerology, and that's spelled P-O-N-E-R-O-L-G-Y. And basically what that is about, it is about the science on the nature of evil adjusted for political purposes. And this is a, an excerpt from page 10. The book you hold in your hand is going to give you answers to many of the questions that are about evil in our world. This book is not just about macro-social evil. It is also about everyday evil, because in a very real sense, the two are inseparable. The long-term accumulation of everyday evil 
always and inevitably leads to grand systematic evil that destroys more innocent people than any other phenomenon on this planet. They tell us the book you hold in your hands is also a survival guide. And the author is telling us the book will be the most important book you will ever read, unless, of course, you are a psychopath. So you can download this. It's, again, called uh, Political Punerology, P-O-N-E-R-O-L-O-G-Y, The Science on the Nature of Evil. And I think it's important as we hear the things that you're hearing on uh, Paranormal and the other uh, programs of the truth, the alternate truth media as we're being shut down from the communist-led propaganda, the CNNs, all of this deliberate uh, leading us, Pied Piper, off the cliffs, we need to understand we've got psychopaths, we've got people under severe mind control and more leading our country, leading our local communities, sitting at your local city council meetings, your water agencies, and all of the agencies. We are a a country that is run by corporate agency networks, and we are being demolished. We are being demolished. So along with the climate action plans that are being, of course, engineered, We have to face the fact that we're going to see, because we're being told, that we're going to have many planned weather events. We're hearing now historical events never before recorded. So there's some opportunity there for all of you to think about how you could be damaged if trees are blown over, or not if, but when. Where are they in proximity to your homes? Think about the kinds of damage that you could sustain if you live below a wastewater treatment plant that's going to have an atmospheric river parked overhead and it's going to be trounced upon and untreated wastewater will flow out as it did in my town about two years ago and flooded out part of the downtown area as it exited down the Russian River River out into the Pacific Ocean and the Russian River is bordering Bohemian Grove. So they trounced a wastewater treatment plant and you heard earlier in the show when Jeremy said that there was a cyber attack on the wastewater treatment plants. These are inside jobs. This is an inside job. Make absolutely no mistake. So we know that um, they're going to be relocating climate refugees. We know this. We've talked about this. Again, um, I'm going to now leap forward into something so incredibly important that I hope all of you sit down, have an open mind, and hear what you're going to hear now. Because before I knew what you're going to hear now, I didn't know. And when I heard about this uh, water reality, I was, I was sitting there in shock. And um, I'm going to go over it a little bit before I bring on my guest. But what, what, am I, what do I mean I was in shock? Well, I didn't know that water was renewable. We've all been taught that water comes from rain and snowmelt. And I thought the same thing. As a matter of fact, I didn't really give much thought to water at all. But I, I, I listened to Paul Power a few years ago with his very heavy Hungarian accent and heard him telling me that water is a renewable. And I sat there listening in shock. 
in the enormity of what was being said. So I researched everything he said. I vetted everything he said. I read the documents. I looked at the facts. And I will tell you, it is unbelievable what is now being psyopsed to all of us right now. Because water is a renewable. We're not running out of water. I'm going to read you a couple of current newspaper articles about how we're running out of water. And this is going to occur in every location across the entire country, in fact, worldwide. So I want you to all understand they're, they're creating an illusion of running out of water when it is a renewable. It's crisis acting. It's acting out a condition that is not real. Please remember this. You are seeing an act a theater, an event being created that is not real. So let me read you a couple of articles, and then we're going to talk to one of the world water experts on renewable water. Here's what I just read in my newspaper today. Water crisis deepens on the California-Oregon border. They're saying that water crisis along the California-Oregon border went from dire to catastrophic this week. This is this week. As federal regulators shut off irrigation water to farmers from a critical reservoir, I want you to remember the word reservoir, we're going to go over that, and said that they would not send extra water to dying salmon downstream or to the half a dozen wildlife refuge that harbor millions of migrating birds each year. In what is shaping up to be the worst water crisis in generations, the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, and I want to tell you right now, that's controlled by uh, the Rothschilds and more. All of these are government corporate agencies. Not all of the workers that work there um, are part of the knowing what these organizations are, but we'll talk about that more. So the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation said it will not release water this, this season into the main canal that feeds the bulk of the massive Klamath Reclamation Project, marking a, a first for the 114-year-old irrigation system. The agency announced last month that irrigators, we're talking farmers and ranchers, would be dramatically less water than usual. But a worsening drought picture means water will be completely shut off instead. Completely shut off. So let's go on to what is happening here where I live. And this is a, a snapshot of where you live. The officials told us last week that they're going to cut water pumping. And what they told us is the um, Sonoma County supervisor said they will support uh, the water pumping of 20% less water than normal uh, from our um, reservoir and making less water available to more than 600,000 consumers in Sonoma County and northern Marin County. So for those of you geographically, those areas are just north of the Golden Gate Bridge. They're, they're not asking for people to reduce their water consumption. They're cutting it off at the source of the distribution. 
and we're all going to face this. And those that violate watering uh, schedules, for example, in Marin, uh, they kicked off the idea of using less water by saying you can only water outside landscaping once a week. If you violate that, it's a $250 fine. Now, a few years ago, we had conscripted citizen snitches that went around with their phones and a special app where they would take a picture of any potential overuse of water or runoff off of the properties, snap that picture, the property address, send it into code enforcement, and you would be cited with a violation of overuse of water. We're not running out of water. There is no shortage of water. Let me make that very, very clear. And I run a website, and, um, and I'm going to bring on Paul in a moment, but what we do need to know, the good news, the entirely good news, is we have plenty of water. We are, in fact, the water planet. I want to read a few more things, and then I want to talk more specifically about primary water, because all of you need to know about that. Whether you can access it or not, you need to know it's there. You need to not be psyops into disinformation and a reality that does not exist. So what, what, what is being said? Well, the World Bank is part of the financing arm to take over and, and control the entire U.S. water market. They've been working on this for a very, very long time. And they say, when I did a Google search, onto an organization called Made Blue, M-A-D-E, blue.org, about the water scarcity. This is what we're being told. We have taken water for granted for a long time, yet a global water crisis threatens our future. The World Health Organization, right? The World Health Organization um, even states that by 2025, half of the world's population will live in areas with permanent water scarcity. What are the cases and or the causes and consequences of water scarcity? And you can still turn the tide, they say. We will explain about the causes and consequences of water scarcity and about the future and what that will bring. So what, what they're bringing forth is the idea that uh, water should be managed by an overarching control network for profits. I've done a number of videos where I've found documents out of Israel and out of the UK, and I feature those documents on a, um, uh, a YouTube video that I have up, and, it's, and it is up on StopTheCrime.net under our YouTube video ch uh, channel still. It's called Water Wars, Stealing Water for Profit and Power. And I will tell you, millions of people will die. Millions will never find out what you're going to find out tonight. And it's up to you to spread this information because there will be people that will be moved off their farms and ranches, have to sell all of their animals because they can't afford to, to water the grass. It's already happened, but it's going to continue to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, one more thing. I want to talk about the intentional poisoning, poisoning of the global water supply with plastics and how the controllers of the water supply worldwide are using big pharma 
with all the psychiatric medications and all of the other medications and dumping it and contaminating the world's water supply. Um, I won't have much time to go over the details of the invisible water crisis, but the water is being intentionally poisoned. Also, the oxygen is being removed from the water supply by the um, electromagnetic frequencies, and and they're able to cause what is considered dead zones. And this is certainly what we face trying to continue to live under the constraints of these technologies that we're finding are occurring. But with that, I want to bring forth a man that I met that taught me all of this. And his name is Paul Power. And I first heard about Paul uh, as the Hungarian water wizard. And Paul is really, um, he's, he's really contributed his entire life since he was 17 years old to drilling for primary water. And he's drilled between 800 and 1,000 wells uh, in East Africa and in Kenya, Tanzania, and Europe, Asia, uh, and in the Western United States. And he is a protege of some of the great water realities that we've been intentionally not told about. In fact, um, I have a, a, a long interview with Paul being posted uh, the end of next week. I would recommend all of you listen to that because, Jeremy, sadly, we don't have a lot of time. But we, we were talking about the primary water article that Wikipedia deleted, and they deleted this in 2016. They don't want you to know about primary water. And what's important for me to quickly just note is the term primary water dates to it, to scientific papers in the Geological Society of Stockholm Proceedings of 1896. This goes back to knowing about primary water. And then we move that forward to a book that all of you must download. Please go to primarywater.org. That's the site that I run. Paul Power runs the site primarywaterinstitute.org. And on either site, you can download this book and teach all your children and read it yourselves. It is a book that was um, entitled or is entitled New Water for a Thirsty World by a University of Southern California professor by the name of Dr. Michael Salzman. And this was published in 1960. And interestingly, the foreword is by Aldous Huxley. And it, 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 it largely traces the career of this German-educated mining engineer and pioneer on primary water um, by a man named Stephen Rees. And I will tell you that the nonprofit Water Institute was founded in 2014 by longtime Reese protege Paul Power to educate and train the next generation of water specialists. But I can tell you, you haven't most most of you have not heard about this. Why? Because it has been kept a secret. Why would such an absolutely important fact be kept a secret? And Paul. Um, Before I bring you on, I want to just alert everybody to some of the research that you told me about that I confirmed. I want to say this now, and then I want you to explain to the listeners what water is. 
But, uh, but did, did any of you know that Muammar Haddafi had constructed the largest irrigation system in world's history? That he tapped into pri- the primary water cycle while drilling for oil? And he created a massive labyrinth of plumbing under the, uh, um, the desert. And it supplied over 6.5 million cubic meters of fresh water per day to the various cities in Libya, enabling the country to grow fruits, vegetables, and grains that were otherwise previously impossible to cultivate in that arid desert climate. The project cost 25 billion U.S. dollars and was completed without financial support from any major countries or loans from the IMF banks. And that was his problem. He wasn't uh, abiding by Rothschild and the controllers. But in 2011, the incredible achievement was destroyed by the United States and NATO with depleted uranium nuclear bombs cutting off the water supply to over 6 million people in Libya. And they even blew up the well drilling equipment that was purchased out of London for the purposes of digging these wells. Now, you can go again to primarywaterinstitute.org or primarywater.org. There are videos of this work being done under the desert floor. It's profound. And Paul will join us with Deborah Tavares when we continue right after this. I'm Jeremy Scott. This is Into the Paranormal. Abnormal News. I'm Brad Bernards. NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft is headed home with samples of an asteroid. After two and a half years of carrying material from asteroid venue, the spacecraft is expected to return to Earth September 2023. OSIRIS-REx has imaged Bennu better than we have Earth and our own moon. Using this extremely high-resolution data, we've been able to create stunning visualizations of the surface of the asteroid. This is the first asteroid sample return mission, and the largest samples collected since lunar rocks were brought back by Apollo astronauts. During the mission, NASA has been able to survey the asteroid and discover that there is water ice locked within its rocks, along with carbon in a form associated with biology. If the spacecraft is still in good shape, it will continue on to study more nearby asteroids. The samples then will be divided and dispersed throughout the world for examination. The other 75% will remain in storage for the future. Through studying these specimens, NASA hopes to understand the basic functions and purpose of asteroid Bennu, as well as develop more methods to deflect near-Earth collisions. This is Daniel Brewer for Paranormal News. Until recently, every spacecraft in history had made all of its measurements inside our heliosphere, the magnetic bubble inflated by our sun, according to a report from NASA. But on August 25, 2012, NASA's Voyager 1 changed that. As it crossed the heliosphere's boundary, it became the first human-made object to enter and measure interstellar space. Now, eight years into the interstellar journey, Voyager 1's data is yielding new insights into what that frontier is like. A new study published on Monday in Nature Astronomy reports what may be the first continuous measurement of the density of material in interstellar space. There's more news at ParaAbnormalRadio.com. This is Brad Bernards with Parabnormal News. Yeah, I've seen a lot out here in the West. 
but a juicy charbroiled burger with a patty made from plants? Leave, leave ch chicken alone. They have their own problems. What is, what is just taking the animal out of the meat made us and our planet healthier? I never knew my hamburgers tasted this good. This is a Beyond Sausage Pizza. This is Beyond Meat. The wildly popular condiment is busy playing catch-up. Literally. Corn, soybeans, and wheat have been trending higher since September of last year. We actually have to have a real priority at the highest level of government around what we eat. The shortage of chicken is actually starting all the way at the supplier level. What are we eating? Where did it come from? How long before the food we're eating is no longer categorized as food? New York City, in the year 2022, nothing works, but the people are the same. And the people will do anything to get what they need. What they need most is Soylent Green. You gotta tell them Soylent Green is people! Into the paranormal. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. And uh, if the water dries up and you're not uh, allowed to get to clean water... Well, what happens next? Then you can't grow these crops. And corn prices go even higher and everything. Wheat and uh, it just astronomical, the ramifications of, of how this could play out. I want Deborah to continue her uh, introduction and to bring on uh, Paul Power with the Primary Water Institute. Deborah? Yes, absolutely. For all of you that are listening, please pay close attention. This is a very rare uh, a momentous opportunity to hear what I consider one of the world's foremost primary water experts. And as I was telling you earlier, Paul drilled um, many hundreds and hundreds of wells all over the world in Kenya, Tanzania, Europe, Asia, in the western United States, Australia, and more. And Paul, um, you have said before that you really preferred drilling for water where water was not expected to be found. And I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, I would like for you to explain to everyone who is listening that we are not running out of water, and why is that? Well, first of all, the bureaucracy does not exist. Those people really need the places where they needed water. They they uh, needed water, and they tried to help out with whatever we needed to do to get them water. In, unlike here in the U.S., uh, you, you need so many permits, and et cetera, et cetera. And some permits are required. I appreciate that. But it is no pleasure drilling in the western states in the United States because, frankly, the municipalities and other entities, they, they, they don't welcome you and your presence in, in getting water, simple as that. Notwithstanding the fact that we are, once again, we are, we are, we are facing a major drought for whatever well, reason. Well, the drought, yeah, the drought is, of course, manipulated. Many in this audience know that, Paul. You have had interference in the process of getting the word about renewable water resources all along. When we first met, and you explained water to me. You told me, think about where water's coming from when it sprays out of the ground endlessly by geysers. You told me about 
the waterfalls at the top of mountains, many locations, including Hawaii, where the water just flows endlessly. People are not thinking about where is that water coming from. Now, you have talked about the fact that we are the water planet. Can you hear me well enough to explain why we are the water planet? Well, first of all, we get because we get the water here. I'll bite a good portion of it is is our the our, our ocean, but seven tenths of our planet is in fact water. So, so I don't know how can anyone sell you with on the idea that we we are having water scarcities. We are not using and and not using our knowledge and appreciation, and understanding of what water is all about. And and then these people are are, are telling you that. My God, on the water planet, we have water scarcity. That's ridiculous. All by itself. I mean, really, you think about it. <laughs> there, there, there water. There's no water on the water planet. I mean, just take a look. Well, I think that most people have already been pr- fairly well conditioned and mind controlled to the idea that water only comes from rain and snowmelt. That's what we have all been taught. So. Where does rain and snow melt originate from? Well, all the water, obviously, the snow melt didn't originate in the atmosphere. Uh, that water had to come from somewhere, and it, it is coming from our planet. It is, after all, everybody agrees on the formula. We're or indoctrinated to repeat that is two parts hydrogen and one oxygen. So now when you hold up a glass of water, uh, and, and, and about to drink it, do be aware of the fact that your your body is roughly roughly six to seven tenths water in in, in actual and and the and the water that you have in that glass is h two o two parts hydrogen and one oxygen, and we have plenty of it now how it's used and how it's abused is another matter. What I really would like for you to discuss is the idea that water is um, hydrogen and oxygen, which you explained, two parts oxygen, one part, or two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. And that is created down below the mantle of the earth. And as those two um, come together, it creates a, a vapor. And once it's liquid, it's forced to surface. And it surfaces in hot and cold springs and in geysers, and people can get to water easily. Some of the questions that I have had relative to getting to uh, uh, water is how deep do you have to drill? For some reason, people think you might have to drill to China. Well, actually, Paul, you did several drills 6,000 feet above the Mojave Desert in California. And so 6,000 feet elevation, uh, you drilled one well at about 65 feet, as I recall, another well about 100 feet, and you produced, if, if you had drilled a few more wells, you were telling me that you could supply entire Southern California with the water they need. Yes, yes, indeed. That is the star, uh, that is a faulted structure that goes right above on the top of the Tehachapis, the Garlock Fault. And the Garlock Fault, the particular place where I drilled, 
uh, you know, you you are up there and you're looking down on 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 creation, as it were, because you're already two thousand feet higher even than the Great Line that takes you from the plains, the 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 California Great Plains Bakersfield, over to the other side, and we are two thousand feet higher. So what are we doing with all this water up there? The question. Well, that that's pretty obvious. There's the Garlock Fault. There are some there are some bubbles or vents, and I drilled into to the rim of one of the vents. And my gosh, uh, you know, looking at the volume of the water and then checking the quality, that is incredible. You know, here we are that high up. We, we are actually we would actually have to use that water as we would add to the to the uh, to the to the uh, uh, big river from from Northern California, we will have to, we would have to reduce the pressure and we could generate power even with that. Now we have plenty of water in, in on this planet. We are the water planet. So people uh, or listeners, please uh, consider the, uh, the contradiction in, 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 in the whole concept of it, that, uh, that we don't have enough water to go around. Of course we do. Now, how it is used is another matter, because the people who control your water and everyone else's, they pretty much decide uh, how much it's going to cost you, etc. Water is a powerful weapon. Uh, I'd suggest uh, that those those that have enough property to drill, drill and get your own water, and get off the grid, as it were, so that these people don't have a chance to decide how much, you know, how, how well are you going to be and what kind of water are you going to drink? Actually, even the water that you're drinking out of the faucet, which I'm hoping most of you aren't, but now you have to buy that out of, out of uh, bottles. Well, sadly, Paul, the bottled water is all bottled toxic water called atmospheric water. And you and I did yeah. a YouTube called um, Explaining... Uh, water. And um, I think everybody needs to spend some time in understanding where water comes from. And I want to say this, Paul, because many of the listeners know about the World Economic Forum Agenda UN 2021. And they are telling us that in order to make the progress that they need to make on all major global challenges, they're going to start with water. And they're saying to all of us, this is a drumbeat of misinformation about water. They're saying we are precariously close to the year 2025 when it is predicted that half of the world's population won't have reliable access to water. That is not true. So what you just said to everybody, all the farmers and ranchers that are listening, and everyone that's listening that knows farmers and ranchers, you need to get to water as soon as you can. So, Paul, what does that mean? Explain uh, what that means to get to the water. What do people need to do? Well, for one, I would be happy to help with all the people who would send me a topographic map, topographic map of their property. Then I could pretty much determine... What are they like? What is the likelihood of getting water, or not only the likelihood, but how roughly uh, 
how deep, etc. And uh, and I'll, I'll be happy to help with that. Well, everybody that's listening, you've just been given an offer here, where if you go to primarywaterinstitute.org, you can contact Paul. Now, let me tell you a couple of things besides the topographic map that you heard him say he would need. It would be wise for you to um, cite any housing, housing that you have on the property so that hopefully those wells will be in a location that is easy enough to get to your water use or your water point of use. I can tell you that I've had the rare opportunity to be with Paul on a number of primary water drills. This was all part of my requirement for me to prove that all this existed, and it does. And I can say that this is the best-kept secret on the planet right now, and it is going to cost millions and millions of people their lives. So Paul has, has suggested that all of you listening, please attempt to get to water. Understand you do not need to lose your farms, your ranches, because you have no water. This, as he said, is the water planet. Now, Paul, you've drilled many wells in Africa, again, where there was no water. Uh, how did that benefit those uh, villages in Africa? Well, that's a major, that's a major uh, uh, step forward, because now all these people who are starving, they can raise their own food, you know, be it vegetables or fish, because some of them actually build fish ponds. And sorry, water is life. I think we better take a look at that concept. It is life for everybody. It is, it is our planet. But, but it is being manipulated, and I, I, I can see it how it's happening in some of the places like here, I'm on the Northern California, Oregon border. We are, we are woefully short of the atmospheric water that we expect to get annually. So everybody, everybody, you heard Paul say atmospheric water. This is what we've been taught where our water comes from, from rain and snowmelt. And rain and snowmelt is in part the evaporation of the water down below because we've been taught to look up for water rather than down below. That's what Paul says. And we're being told that by the year 2040, there will be a 40% deficit in the supply of water available compared with the global demand. 40% by 2040. You know, that is ridiculous because we are the water planet and we have the evaporation rate of our oceans remains very constant. Now, where that water is being diverted to it, for what purpose? That, that seems to be the key issue here. If they just left, left alone, basically, the, the old weather, weather patterns, instead of using it for potentially military purposes, that's, that's the problem here. Because the same amount of water every year, every day, a given volume of water is evaporated and becomes atmospheric. Now, where it falls, it falls, and how much, that's what they've been playing with. And 
And that is pretty criminal because some places has, and have no water. People are starving because they can't raise anything. In other places, they're drowning. So people have to be aware of that. They have to address their representatives and say, hey, listen. Paul, Paul, they cannot address their representatives. I've done that for a number of years. The representatives are representing the cabal in the um, autopilot rhetoric that we are running out of water. So for all of you listening, this is most important. If you are going to survive, you're going to have to try to get to water on your own. Your representatives will not do it. Your representatives are representing you into dried conditions based on the illusion that we're running out of water. And I will tell you, Paul, you went over in great detail with me about the California aqueduct and the Colorado aqueduct and the fact that now with the use of planned weather events, including earthquakes, if that California aqueduct were to sever, uh, Southern California would be massively unable to cope with the water reduction problems. In fact, after one of our shows that is posted on StopTheCrime.net, I called down to one of the water agencies in Southern California, does not represent all of Southern California, I want to be clear. They said if there was a disruption in the delivery because they were dependent on a blend of the California aqueduct water and the Colorado aqueduct, that they would, be, they would have seven days of water, period. And this is not all of Southern California. But another thing, because I know you're having difficulty hearing, Paul, so I want to add a few things that I learned from you. And again, you've said this um, in other videos and other information that we have out there on StopTheCrime.net on our YouTube video channel. But what I learned from you is that we never needed to deliver our water by creating uh, reservoirs. Because reservoirs, sadly now, are weapons. The reservoirs are very toxic. The overhead chemtrailing and all the poisons and the fact that they are cauldrons that collect water as water seeps from poisoned fields with toxic fertilizers. And then now what they're saying, because we're in a circular economy, so I hear a break coming up, Jeremy. Yeah, Deborah, we have to say goodbye to our uh, audience, uh, but we'll continue in just a moment. So this is uh, Deborah Tavares and uh, also Paul Power joining us from Primary Water Institute. Deborah's website's primarywater.org and stopthecrime.net. For those of you who are not going to stay with us, come back and join us at parabnormalradio.com. Otherwise, everybody, hold on and we'll be right back.
somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. All right, uh, Deborah Tavares, StopTheCrime.net and PrimaryWater.org and Paul Power of PrimaryWaterInstitute.org are with us. Uh, Please uh, continue, Deborah. Jeremy, I'm going to cover a few things, and then I will try to slowly ask Paul a few questions. So I, I don't want to negate the fact that we have a water expert on this call right now, Jeremy. I want to state that this is the reason, likely, many of you have not heard about primary water. It's the intentional stocking and the prevention of someone that has known and lived their life drilling for water all over the world so that you wouldn't know this was happening. I said in the first portion of the show, Jeremy, I was telling people how I learned about Momar Haddafi and how Momar Haddafi accessed primary water when drilling for oil. And uh, the United States and NATO bombed Libya, destroying this great, what they called the Great Man-Made River Project, and took down the water that supplied over 6 million people with fresh, clean water. Now, Paul also told me about the Hungarian phenomenon. Paul, can you, are you hearing me well enough to explain the Hungarian phenomenon to people? Well, it's kind of difficult in, in a very short time, but it's not a concept, but it is a fact that certain places at the foot of the Carpathian Mountain produced people that had an exceptional IQ that are very much participating in the field of sciences. In other words, they are brilliant scientists. And ironically, they all come from one area. I shouldn't say one area, but a somewhat restricted area. And, and the only explanation that can, can hold that is, is that water, which is actually a, a, a very important substance in transmitting everything, including genetics. That place has a very good quality water, but more than likely primary in origin, in as much as it is at the foot of the Carpathian Mountains, which is a major, major uh, mountain range. And uh, there can be no other explanation. I mean, there can be others that you can look for, but how would you, I mean, it's obviously not, uh, not inbreeding for sure. Uh, but those people are very famous. Many of them are very famous in the field of sciences. And uh, what can I say? That's what you are saying is clean water that has been unadulterated from atmospheric pollution of bomb testing and chemtrails and being collected into toxic cauldrons that we call reservoirs and then delivered to our municipal water supplies that we drink has dumbed us down. Now, I'm going to read out of a World Bank document just one aspect of some of the drugs that have occurred in our water supplies intentionally. That some of the drug manufacturers they're telling us in this document release their active ingredients directly into waterways. Waterway treatment plants serving large drug manufacturing regions, such as in India, 
were found to have concentrations of antibiotics a thousand times the level toxic to some bacteria. They go on to say in this document, there is an emerging evidence of impacts. Some animal species can be sensitive to these drugs. Another example in India, vultures have been driven to near extinction because of the contamination of their food supply with the anti-inflammatory drugs and antidepressants have been shown to negatively affect reproduction behavior in clams and change behaviors in crawfish. The active ingredient in contraceptive pills has driven some fish populations in Canada to near extinction. They go on, with regard to human impacts, one of the greatest current risks is the increasing prevalence of antimicrobial resistance, the ability of microbes to grow in the presence of antibacterial and antiviral uh, and antifungal drugs that would normally kill or limit their growth. They go on to say that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, by the way, another owned and operated um, network, a corporate network, um, they're saying, though, here that the antimicrobial resistance occurs naturally over time through genetic changes. And they go on to say a new global study on pharmaceuticals in the environment found that between 1995 and 2015, aquatic exposure to the antibiotics has proliferated throughout the world. This is what they're saying in this document. They're calling this a, a crisis, a silent crisis in the water supply that is being intentionally perpetrated on all of us because we're drinking poison. We're drinking poison. The plants are not going to grow adequately when, they're, when they are being watered with poison. Hard enough to grow plants when we're under an ionized, chemtrailed sky. Hard enough to grow plants when the weather is so unpredictable that the plants are in and out of the growing cycles. Hard to grow and survive when we are being pummeled by intentional controllers that are psychopaths. Very difficult to survive. They talk about many things in this document. Some of the things that they talked about in the references go like this. They talk about the collapse of the fish population after exposure to synthetic estrogen. They reference global increase and geographic convergence in antibiotic consumption, again, between the 2000 and 2015. They talk about anthropogenic contamination of tap water, beer, and and, and sea salt, human-caused. Now, of course, this is human-caused by psychopaths that are wanting all of us near death and mostly dead. So exceptional and rapid accumulation, debris on the world's most remote and pristine islands have been found. River plastic emissions in the world's oceans. In fact, there is a Video I would highly recommend. I think it's either on Hulu or Netflix. It's called Sea Spiracy, S-E-A Spiracy, 
watch that, you will understand the amount of intentional uh, plastic that is creating synthetic people. We're talking about synthetic biology that's being created. You might recall during that great freeze in, in particularly in Texas, but in other states as well, a few months back, that people were um, hardening up snowballs and trying to melt them. They wouldn't melt. They wouldn't drip. They were turning black because they were polynucleated snow. This is falling on our food supply. It's becoming part of the transhumanism agenda. Let's talk about more of what they tell us. And these psychopaths are doing this. They talk about um, affluence from drug manufacturers contains extremely high levels of pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceutical companies are working hand-in-hand with the psychopaths that are intentionally poisoning our water supply. Now, a few years ago, the CEO of USA, Inc., Trump, signed an executive order um, insisting that there be millions of wastewater treatment plants built throughout the country to solve the problem of running out of water because we could redrink our poop and our urine. Highly poisonous. They can't filtrate out the toxins. There are contaminants of undistinguished concern at this point beyond. They want us to drink this. So interesting between microplastics and microorganisms and the interaction is discussed in these documents. The environmental and animal-human health, the deteriorating of animal and human health. Pharmaceuticals in the environment, a growing threat to our tap water and all wildlife. They talk about synthetic polymer contamination in bottled water. So you can't drink bottled water. That is a bottle of death because it's atmospheric. Now, for those of you, you heard Paul say, if you're able to drill for primary water, send in your topographic map to Paul. Go and find him on primarywaterinstitute.org while you can. The door is closing. They have created various moratoriums, and they're not allowing well drilling. Plus, they're converting the requirement of fuel and transportation to all electric. It was only about mm, six or so years ago that um, in our area, the septic pump trucks had to convert from from, um, petroleum-based fuel to um, diesel. It put many small uh, pumpers out of business. They weren't able to spend the money for the new equipment. Now we're all being told everything has to be electrified. Everything needs to be electrified to control our minds. That is the reason for the increased electrification of everything. But what they're also telling us is they are pulling the oxygen out of the water supply. They tell us in these documents they are creating dead zones where life will not exist because they can and are poisoning the water supply. I was telling Paul the other day that while 
we were experiencing a red flag fire warning, which, by the way, we're being told we don't have enough water to fight fires with. And the entire western United States, from the Mississippi River all the way to the Pacific Ocean, is scheduled to have historical fires this year in 2021. And we're being told we don't have enough water. And they're now eliminating the uh, the uh, opportunity that we had with the overhead um, planes that were able to drop fire retardants. Well, there's a reason. Fire retardants are very toxic. In areas where they were able to knock down some of the flames, fast-moving fires, they killed the livestock. So fire retardant is a poison, too. They're basting us with blood because there's blood in the fire in the in the um, in that material. Maybe you didn't know that, but now you do. I did a very interesting YouTube. It's called Cement and Blood, and you need to listen to that. As a builder, I was rather stunned to find out that they use animal and human blood in the concrete worldwide. So, in this document about the invisible poisons in the water, a World Bank document, they again emphasize the micro-nanoplastics, a threat to human health. They're adding all of this. They talk about a critical perspective on early communications concerning human health aspects and microplastics. And they talk about ingested microplastics transfers hazardous chemicals to fish and all living organisms. We're a living organism. So Paul has been a water driller all his life. Since the age of 17, he has been drilling wells. He has not uh, been um, doing anything else but devoting his life to bringing pure, fresh, unadulterated water to the surface to help thousands of people, hundreds of people, that he and others in his organization were able to provide water to. Again, this window is closing. Most of you have already been psyopsed and brainwashed that we're running out of water. Don't be brainwashed. This is too important. We are being poisoned, and we are being lied to about the source of water. So, Paul, I know you may not have heard a lot of what I have just been talking about. But if, if you were to say um, something, the single most important thing that you could think of about primary water to the listeners, if you can understand me, what would that be? What would you be telling people to do? Well, the main thing that I would like to stress above all is that we live on a water planet. This is the water planet. So it's totally incongruous for, for anybody to, to say that we are out of water. We are not out of water. How we're using it, how should we appreciate it and understand it is another matter. There has to be a little more, a little more, let's put it this way, not another study, but a, just an open mind in trying to figure out how did that H2O, two-parts hydrogen, one oxygen, get to become liquid that we're drinking every day that makes up our bodies. Mostly, over 60% of it is liquid, comes from that stuff. So have to be careful what you drink. 
and where you're getting it from. So I, I plead for a better understanding of water. And also an understanding that we are not, we don't have a water scarcity. We have people who manipulate water because water is life and they control. With water, they can control a lot and they do. So that's about it. That's all, that's all I got to say. Well, for everyone that's listening, um, adjust your thinking. Uh, as difficult as it is to understand that we are not running out of water, we're not. And don't stumble over the inability to grasp this most important life-saving fact. Now, for those of you that are not able to get to primary water, at least learn the water truth. Teach your children. At some point in time, some of of us and them will be able to get to primary water. We will be able to potentially break free in various locations worldwide of the water market and those that are creating a water market through allocations and metering. Many of you may not be aware, but part of the smart grid, which we all know about, I hope, all of you have heard about the electric smart meters, they're now deploying, their words, deploying electric smart water meters. They're doing that in cities now. They're already largely deployed so that they can turn your water off when you've used your allocation. Now, what is an allocation? Well, an allocation based on the requirements of ecology and abiding by the sustainable development goals are all life, human and non-human, have equal value. Resource, resource consumption above what is needed to supply vital human needs is immoral. Human population must be reduced. That is the goals. That's why we heard the World Economic Forum tell us, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. I want to ask, I don't see a lot of happiness out there. I see people in masks. I feel the vacancy in their eyes. They're not there. Sadly, those of us that can still think, we must, we must get this information out because we we need to care about humanity. This is in defense of humanity, those that will listen, those that will listen. So for those of you that are grappling with a new fact that you may not have heard before, please look into it. Do not avoid this fact. Look into it. I want to say before I knew about this, I didn't know about water being uh, a renewable. And when I heard it as a renewable, I really had to dig deep and research it for myself, and I did. Paul taught me. Paul showed me where to look and where to go, and I found the, the truth. I never knew what happened in Libya, that Muammar Gaddafi had built this great man-made labyrinth delivering primary water to his people that increases the IQ 
No wonder most of us are unable to grasp reality. We've been dumbed down, not only through the intentional lack of education, which we call skewels, but also through our food and our water. You heard me going over this document from the World Bank. They talk about policies to tame a wicked problem. And they talk about how all of this is occurring in our water supply. They talk about eliminating the oxygen in the water and how, as I said earlier, that creates dead zones. They talk about all the poisons and heavy metals. I heard an advertisement during one of the breaks from one of the universities talking about it was our fault that there was mercury. No. Our psychopaths have introduced mercury into our teeth and into the environment intentionally. There's mercury in the light bulbs, and that is being disposed of in landfills. People are not going to places where they need to dispose of these toxins. All of this is leaching in to the atmospheric aquifers. As Paul has explained to me, atmospheric aquifers are aquifers that rely on rain and snow melt. So when you hear people saying they've overpumped and their, their well has run dry, that's because the well drillers are not educated about primary water. They'll hit water and they'll say, here you go. They'll sleeve the well, gravel pack it, and give you a pump, and there you go. Well, that's not how you address primary water drilling. And uh, it's very important. Paul will have and does have on his website, primarywaterinstitute.org, a number of videos on what it looks like to drill for primary water. But I can tell you from my on-site experience, there are many things that you do that are very different from normal drilling. First of all, you must have a driller that will listen to the truth about water. Otherwise, you're going to only get toxic water. Now, there is a difference between drilling. So, Paul, if you're able to hear me, and my question to you would be this. Can you explain to the listeners the difference uh, between drilling for primary water and a regular um, well that people drill? Because people will tell me, I have a well. I'm fine. They, they don't necessarily have primary water. So Yes. Uh, in drilling a well, water well, it depends on where you drill. If you drill into an alluvial fan, in other words, uh, into something that is not solid, uh, sand and gravel and that sort of thing, you can drill into it and, 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 and pull water out of it. It's just like drilling into a bathtub. Not, not drilling, but siphoning water out of a bathtub that's filled with sand and gravel. You can, you can take so much water out of it. You know, you can fill it up, and water will come up to the surface, and then you can pull the water out of it. But when you drill into a primary water structure, you drill into solid material, such as granite, and, and other consolidated solid material. And there you are looking for a fracture that produces water from down below that has nothing to do with what falls out of the sky. So you are not going to 
So you're going to get a water that is totally different. So that's basically it. I, I you know, I don't know how if if the if the readers or if the listeners would uh, would visit our website, uh, Primary Water Institute, and take a look at our poster. I think and and then study our poster a little bit. They'll understand better that I. It would take me a long time to explain without questions and answers. So, uh, primary water we get out of solid rock. This uh, atmospheric water with unsorted sand and gravel, etc. Well, Paul, I wanted to add something to what I, I, you taught me as well, and I was appalled. I I learned that many of the farms and ranches that are in low-lying coastal areas near uh, where rivers are um, converging into the ocean. Uh, when, when they're down only into atmospheric aquifers and they pump those atmospheric aquifers dry and there's a drought, an engineered drought, and so there's not the rainfall and snowmelt that would uh, recharge those aquifers, that if they're close to the ocean, the seawater is heavier, and that will fill in the, the empty aquifer, thus contaminating the growing areas, causing um, salinity in the soil, and literally eating up some of the prime agricultural areas that would otherwise benefit from silt if it weren't so poisoned. And when you told me that, and I saw that, and you were discussing how in the Central Valley of California, uh, well, actually on the coast um, in Central California, where they are in that situation, the condition of overpumping, that they're actually diverting some of the water from the ranches in the Central Valley that are not getting enough water uh, to recharge those atmospheric areas. So they're shifting the water. When I drive down I-5 from San Francisco to Los Angeles, I see signs on both sides of the freeway saying, we don't have water. Without water, there's no food. Please contact your congressman. Sadly, those people don't realize we don't have a government that is going to help you. If they were going to help you, they would stop creating weather weapons and destroying us. They would stop. They can cause rain. They could create a climate conducive to life. They're not. They're poisoning us with increased frequencies, toxic water, with droughts, fires, storms, hurricanes, tornadoes. The list is endless. And we face the, the worst attacks, historical attacks of the use of weapons, weather weapons, in the coming couple of years that we've ever experienced as a country before and worldwide. And we are being attacked. It's all an inside job. In fact, Paul, near where you were burned out in uh, the end of 2020, in uh, southern Oregon, because you were burned out. All of your possessions and your books and everything went up in a matter of 15 minutes. You evacuated and you lost everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was remarkable. That fire between 
between Talent and Ashland, or actually between Ashland and Phoenix, all the way up to um, all the way up to Southern Medford, was something else. That 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 was a, a, a horrendous fire. Well, we've been besieged with fires for the last number of years here as well in the Sonoma County area. I have family members that are wielding from loss of homes and not enough insurance. Um, I want to do a shout-out right now about insurance and one other thing that's a little off-water topic right now, but I think that everybody needs to hear this while I'm thinking about it. Before you write up your insurance policies, you must make sure that there is not a clause in there called force majeure. Force majeure is being written into insurance policies and in contracts and even in your bank statements. What that means is if there is a weather event or a power outage or civil unrest, it negates the the relationship you have with that institution, be it the bank, they can literally take your money. The insurance companies will not have to pay you. It's not terror insurance. This is basing, negating coverage over the weapons that they are deploying, which will bypass your understanding that you have coverage. Now, I bring that up in this context. I recently learned that there was a force majeure in the contract that the United States has to acquire resin. Resin is a material that is used in most modern-day um, types of products. We're talking about all plastics. We're talking about uh, parts for automobiles. We're talking about water tanks. We're talking about building uh, plumbing supplies. Anything at all. You look around your house. If it is any type of a plastic, it's got resin, even paint. Do you know that our overlords broke the contracts here in the United States because of force majeure? And they've repositioned the resin sales to South America so that if we beg and pay more money to resume resin products, this is all part of the supply line takedown, eliminating the very sources of products we need to manufacture what we've grown accustomed to living with. Think about the parts in your vacuum cleaners. Think about plastic in your computers. Think about all the ways in which plastic is used in your daily life. That has been intentionally curtailed to the United States and sent elsewhere to put the squeeze on us so that everything we buy is going to escalate massively, massively. Not only food, not only um, disrupting the supply line and increasing gas prices so that they can get the last squeeze of us before forcibly turning us into electric vehicles, which really is not going to happen. We're not supposed to travel. Many of you know in the sustainable development plans, traveling is out. Traveling is out. That's why Uber and these well, other... Well, they're already per- grooming us for that, Deborah. Yes, they are. And people need to understand what they face. If they go on living their lives 
um, with only partial understanding, they're not going to harden up the ways in which they need to. And I don't mean just for survival. I'm talking about hardening up your minds so that you can psychologically understand and see what's happening, so that you can be a rock for others that are suddenly thrown into the potentiality that they will end up in mental hospitals, which is massively increasing the the level of of suicides. In fact, in the Deagle.com discussion about reducing the population in the United States by over 80% by the year 2025, the couple of the main ways in which they claim that will be achieved is suicides and also the inability to um, stabilize yourself when you are forced off your land or forcibly relocated. So we have Paul on the line right now. We have been talking about primary water and the fact that we are not running out of water. And the take-home in what you're hearing tonight is, is unimaginable that to find out that we are the water planet, that Paul has spent his life, as I've said, drilling and getting water to people in Kenya that now can grow food and they don't have to go to toxic water holes where it's poisoned. And, and they can now, in, in some locations, get to primary water and have primary water. Why not you? Why not us? Why are we going to allow ourselves, because of lack of knowledge, to become extinct? Why are we going to continue with Big Pharma's illusion, the CDC's stealth illusion and deception, the World Health Organization, NIH, all of the colleges and universities that are destroying us intentionally? Why? Why? We are on our own. Now, before Dr. Ronnie Kildee, K-I-L-D-I, the K-L-I-D-E, was murdered, uh, she was uh, in Finland, and I spoke with her, Jeremy, and she was talking about the fact that we are on our own. Now, I was on the Rents Radio Network. I had a show there for over a year and a half, and I was tr attempting to interview her, but because of the time zone change, I was not able to uh, before she was sadly murdered in the hospital. And um, I'm bringing her up because she kept underscoring the fact that we are on our own. And we are. Those of you that are listening, just reach out to those that you love the most and love them more every single day. Treasure your life each day at a time because we are under mass attack period. And for those of you that have the means, there's no escape. You can't relocate. You can't go to South America or, or to Europe. We're being pummeled everywhere worldwide. These sustainable development goals have been adopted by all the countries, every one, every single country. I've typed in every country, and they have adopted the climate action requirements through the Paris Climate Accords. 
You may have heard or thought that the United States pulled out of the climate accords. They never did. That was a psyops. And I'll explain why. Because we were already uh, completely under a full adoption of the sustainable development goals in all of our cities. So for those of you that might be in Washington State right now, you might want to type in your search bar, Washington State um, Sustainable Development Goals. You will find out that all of your resources are going to be massively reduced and controlled. Everything will be metered. Farmland is unsustainable. Driving distances to get to rural lands is unsustainable. Here, they're not even formalizing uh, firefighting crews in many of the rural lands, what they call the WUI, the Wildland Urban Interface. It's evacuation only. Evacuation only. So many people are acquiring the poly water tanks, which I would recommend all of you listening. You're in burn zones wherever you are. You're in burn zones. Fires are prevalent in all of the causes of what you will face in your cities wherever you are. Not just floods, not just uh, weaponized insects, not just molds, mildews, hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, fire, um, blast wave accelerators. I've done programs about the military operation along the coastlines that are causing sea level rise. It's not sea level rise. It's technology. They can reverse the flow of rivers. They can reverse the flow of rivers, just like they're causing increased heat and melting the ice caps. This is a huge scam to rape us of our money, to push us into poverty and death. So, Jeremy, I guess while we have Paul on the phone, because I, I'm sad that he cannot hear us very well, and he's so important, so important. And I just want everyone to know that you can listen to other um, shows that I've done with Paul on StopTheCrime.net, on our YouTube video channel, as well as our um, Odyssey back channel. I would recommend that you go to, to PrimaryWater.org, that's the site I run, and you can print off half double-sided flyers. And you could do what my husband and I did. We started passing those out everywhere we went. It explains primary water and the psyops that we're facing on every level of survivability, every level. We can be caught up in many things now, and we are. We're being distracted on so many levels. The vaccines, the weather weapons, all manner of distractions. And yet, water is being taken away and poisoned. And you have heard on this program that Jeremy has provided us a platform with tonight, probably the best news you'll hear along this journey of death, I'm sorry to say, is the fact that, as Paul has said, we are the water planet. We are not running out of water. Water is a renewable. 
We just need to know that and demand that those of you that can drill do so with educating your driller how to get to primary water. And again, Jeremy, I know that we're uh, heading to um, the end of time here right now in many, in many ways, the end of time. But I want to say Paul offered, and I will repeat, offered for you to send in while you still can a topographic map of your property to him, which you can find him on primarywaterinstitute.org. Now, I want to say this. When I say the door is closing, I mean the door is closing. And uh, I won't go into uh, the definition behind that other than if this is of at all um, an opportunity, if you can at all digest this truth, then I would encourage you to act. No matter where you are, no matter where you are in the world listening to this information, if you're on property where you can get to a well and drill, you must. And just passing this information, don't allow history and the truth about sciences to be continually psyopsed so that we continue one generation after another into not knowing what our reality is. Minimally, pass this information along. I will tell you that when I passed this information along a number of years ago to an 11-year-old child, they did a primary water uh, as a science project in school. Now, I will tell you, because uh, of that information and that child's understanding of reality, school, school was no longer an option. Because when you're sending your children to school, they are being taught about anthropogenic global warming. There's too many people using too much stuff. And if you're using school as a babysitter so you can work to get more stuff, you're, you should not manage children, lives of children, because children are becoming extremely psychotic, sad. They are not living a life that they deserve because they don't have the protection of grown-ups that understand reality either. So all I can say, Jeremy, is that there are many other topics that I could, I could go over and cover, but I think by having Paul on this evening and discussing the fact of primary water is probably about the best information, the most important information, the underpinning of our existing and our ability as a civilization to continue in any manner at all. Well, everybody has always, uh, you know, said over time, well, this doesn't affect me and that doesn't affect me and, you know, because I do this and I do that. Well, here's something that affects all of us, uh, food, water, gas. We need it all. It is all connected and uh, we we need to get to this uh, water source um, that's, that's being denied to us. Absolutely. And I will just leave a couple of sentences of what we were told by John F. Kennedy. Uh, he said, for we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, 
on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system that has already conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. All of you listening, we were told. We were told then. You are hearing now. So act. It's up to you to survive. Your government is not going to help you. Your government is not going to admit of weather weapons being used on you, of poisons being sprayed on you from overhead. Of the Your government trans- is involved in all of the above. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's a governance. It's a corporate government structure. We're not only USA Inc., we're Earth Inc. And we need to understand that. We have to stop. We have to stop this crazy voting that we've all been psyoped into believing will promote change. Voting, when you read, I would recommend, Jeremy, everybody read Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. It's just over 45 pages. It's a free download. You can find it online. I certainly have it on StopTheCrime.net. It also was the very first chapter in Bill Cooper's book, Behold a Pale Horse. Again, that's Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. I would recommend everybody read that quickly. It will be a summation of what, of where we've been, how we've gotten to where we are. Another thing I would also recommend, it's a slow-moving video uh, on YouTube. It's called The Report from Iron Mountain. It was done by a, um, a pastor a number of years ago. It will be very draggy for those of you that like high action, but I would watch how how the report from Iron Mountain is articulated. It is different than, of course, the actual document itself, but you will see how America is going to be taken over and how the PSYOPs began and what we were watching, how we were watching people being murdered and the acceptance of our government going to like the Randy Weaver um, event and uh, other events, how that was all psyoped and created so that we would get used to watching injustice. And I will say to all of you, our court systems as are our illusion of governments are run by the psychopaths. Justice is only just us. That's it. Just us. And Jeremy, I want to say one last thing. I, I will go under, I'm sure, a lot of criticism over this. But I know so many people that are so frightened right now. And they're seeking avenues of ways in which they can survive longer. And they think that by pulling themselves out of the system, by um, sovereign law, that they can extricate themselves out of the system. They're unaware of what the system is. You don't extricate yourself out of this system. The bankers own it all. They own us. And they believe they've stolen everything from us fair and square. And why would they believe that? Because we've been told in countless documents exactly 
what is being discussed on your show and your program tonight. And not so much about water, though. I was not aware in the documents um, as widely as I now am, now that I know what to search for. So with that, I think we still have Paul. I, I'm not sure he's able to hear. But I really, Paul, want to thank you for uh, attempting to participate in this, even though it was hard for you to hear. I want to underscore the fact that your voice is being heard, and it is with tremendous reverence and honor that I have the privilege to introduce your work to whomever will hear and listen. And I hope that everyone that has heard this this evening don't let his work die because the psychopaths are telling you something different. Please teach your children. And Jeremy, I just want to thank you so much for the program this evening. And um, I just hope that you can work on getting this information far and wide. And Paul, if you can hear me, thank you so much for your attempt in participating when I know that you were having difficulty hearing. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you as well. I want to thank both of you as well for a great show. And uh, this is vital information. These are vital times. And it's always, when we get together, Deborah, there's always never enough minutes uh, to do the program. Well, not only aren't there not enough minutes on the topic of renewable water, there's really not a lot of time left for those that start to understand it. It's going to take an enormous amount of understanding for people in this small window of opportunity to act because soon you won't be able just to even get the pipe that you need because as Paul was explaining, when you drill for primary water, you're drilling through the alluvial sands um, and gravels first but you go past that into the granite, into the more structured material. You have to uh, sleeve that alluvial soil and gravel pack that down to where you hit the, water, the, the granite. Because if you don't, then that soft material will fall into the well. When you hit the granite when you're drilling, then you don't need and you should not sleeve or gravel pack beyond that point because then you're preventing the water seeping in from the fissures that are seeping the water into the well. And in fact, when I was on several drills, what was even done to enhance the drills uh, or the wells is that dry ice was dropped in to the depth of the well. And what that did was it, it, it sounded like a washing machine gurgling way down below, but also very dangerous. You had to stand back because uh, soon that well would basically just sort of explode upwards. And you would see we saw uh, water uh, blowing up 40, 50 feet. And it was very muddy looking. And then when we put the dry ice in it again and it gurgled around and it did it again, the water became more clear because that was clearing some of the debris that was in the fissures. And it cleared out that debris 
and allowed those fissures to leach in or to allow more water to come into the well. And I can tell you that there are wells that are pumping thousands of gallons a minute. And in some regions, we're being told, you'll be lucky if you can get two gallons a minute out of your well, because that's a very um, difficult area to find water. That is not true. That is not true. So if I leave you with anything at all, it's the hope and the understanding and the reality of water, because we need oxygen, we need water, and we need food. And we're being denied all three of those components. In fact, Jeremy, right after the 2017 fires here in California, where many neighborhoods were burned out, um, the Sonoma County hired an accounting firm, a Rothschild accounting firm. And I have that up on my back channel. Um, I actually forget the name, but it was something about accounting firms. And it would have been something that was put up in 2018, because the fires started in 2017. And what I found out about that accounting firm was that because of needing to find additional revenue, because of all of the um, uh, calamity uh, befalling us with all of the weather events that our cities are sustaining, that they needed to create new forms of revenue. So they hired the Rothschild firm uh, and, and to create revenue out of air. Air. When I read that and I found out that they were even going to charge us for the damage that we presumably created on coral reefs, we're going to be taxed for everything. Everything that comes from nature is going to be taxed. I was astounded, Jeremy. Astounded. I hope everybody that's hearing me right now is astounded. Because we went through all of that. I showed the documents. So back in 2018, in some of my prior videos, you can go back on the... Uh, video channel on StopTheCrime.net, and you'll find um, uh, titles like Crooked Accounting. I forget how I named it, Jeremy, but people need to go back um, because I've gone through documents, I've presented them, and I've spent so many years in doing this. And sadly, when YouTube took us down, uh, they took down many of the uh, links in our description to the documents that I referred to. But all the documents are on StopTheCrime.net, which is our website, and they're not necessarily at this point linked up under the videos anymore, except for some of the newer vids, I think, that we're putting on the um, Odyssey backup channel. We're able to have some links. Um, so I want to just wish everyone well. Certainly, we're in defense of humanity because we face transhumanism. We face being re-engineered into cyborgs. This is happening now. Many people are suffering through that forced bodily transformation as we speak. I found some documents, Jer Jeremy. It's up on my website. It were, they were documents that I was sent from Europe. They said, Deborah, we don't know what to do with these. 
no man or woman or anyone should ever have to take a look at this information. Well, I did. I found information on children that are being kidnapped and put into closed military bases in the United States. I found pages and pages of children's names, their dates of birth, their blood type, and what type of level of adrenochrome they were producing. I found their inmate numbers on these pages. These children in the uh, organization that was behind this particular um, link and information that I had uh, were children that were kidnapped or sold to from either Canada, the United States, um, Mexico, and Costa Rica. That was the, those were the country of origins for these children, Jeremy. And I, there were pages, and there are pages and pages of these children attached to disposal dates when these children will be terminated, where they discuss the disposal sites. They're giving increased pay to the wardens. Now, adrenal chrome is produced by causing absolute trauma, flight, fight and flight trauma, and then extracting the blood and selling it as an elite elixir of blood to drink, to give power. And then these children are murdered. This is happening throughout the United States and abroad. This is a very common um, luciferic, I would say satanic, um, way in which to kill people. There are many ways. We're seeing many ways. We talked about many ways. I suffered when I saw those documents for a few weeks, looking at the names of these children, knowing that they have parents, knowing that many of these parents may be looking for their children, knowing that right now, Jeremy, as we speak, these children are being held and tortured and traumatized, and their blood is being extracted right now. The biggest part of this for me was after I cut this story loose um, and I discussed the um, address of this corporation. It was called CYM, CYM Corp. And uh, I discussed all of this um, and then I got an email and somebody said, Deborah, did you follow up the address of where this corporation is? And I had not. And I did. It's in the Trump Tower. CYM, CYM Corporation is in the Trump Tower. Now, that does not mean that Trump knows it's there. Doesn't mean necessarily that that's known. But that's where this is. And you can think about Jeffrey Epstein. You can think about all of the criminality around all of that. In fact, there's another very uh, important YouTube I would recommend everybody watch. It's called Fear City, F-E-A-R City. Now, it could be on Netflix, but I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure. But watch Fear City. It is... Um, showing how the mafia operates in New York.
And what you will see with actual real photographs during the time of murders and pay-for-play is how organized the mafia was. And then you can expand that into how this country is being operated right now, very similarly. And I think that that really uh, helps people to see it in a micro organization and how that works, and then to understand what has been discussed tonight on this program, Jeremy, to expand their view and how we have been taken and controlled worldwide by CIA operatives, by mafia, and what's happened in Central South America and all over the world. So, Jeremy, I can only recommend people go to my website and take a look at some of the information that I've posted on my email, uh, on my email blasts and listen to some of my other shows. Deborah, I know this won't be the last time we talk. God bless you, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Jeremy. God bless all of you that are listening. Be safe. And uh, Be well. I want to say thank you to the Patreon subscribers as well who have gone to Patreon and supported us. If you are interested in doing so, you just go to paranormalradio.com and click the Patreon banner. You can get the shows without commercials, which means you don't have to sit through the breaks for $4 a month. I want to thank Mary, who just subscribed today. And you get a special show, which is an exclusive only show just for you. The fourth Monday of the month is the schedule for now. And that will be exclusive for those of you who subscribe on our Patreon feed. And then you get the Saturday night show as well without commercials. Thank you so much, everyone. Vital uh, show tonight with Deborah Tavares. And I want to thank Paul Power as well from the Primary Water Institute. And until we talk to you next time, I'm Jeremy Scott. Good night, everyone. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.